everybody, welcome to Elder Speak, the official podcast of ElderGeek.com. You're listening to episode 52. Wait, I'm sorry, Gavin corrected me before we started the show. Issue 52. And with me, as always, I've got Gavin from the news. You're making me sound like a stickler for titles. You, <laughs> but you kind of are. And I've also got Mots with me this week. Hello. And uh, in case I forgot to announce myself, I am Randy. Um, and Gavin... As always, even though I claim to be the host, Gavin is actually going to be guiding us through the news. You are the host, man. You are the host. <laughs> I just announced the beginning of the show, and that's no, you're about gonna, You're going to have the plenty of time to talk, because we're starting out with Bad Company 2 this week. You, we have the resident Bad Company brats on, site, um, on the site, on the podcast right now, and Bad Company 2 has announced a new game mode, a new co-op multiplayer game mode, to be pre- uh, precise, known as Onslaught. So I'm actually going to just leave it at that. I think I, I'm going to, anytime I talk about this game, I screw something up. So why don't I toss this over to Randy here. Tell us exactly what's going on and what you think about it here. Uh, it is exactly what it sounds like. They're going to be releasing um, some DLC. It's going to be uh, multiplayer uh, co-op. But um, and, and that's really about it. To me, I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I'll buy it because I'm a, I'm a bad company too, nut. Um but it's the kind of thing that should have been coming with the game in the first place. I mean, it's called Bad Company 2. This, this is something that should have been in the first Bad Company as well. But um, it'll be Here's good. Here's my thing. Oh, go ahead, Butts. Here's my thing. Give me this for PC. So far, it's only been announced for consoles. And, you know, uh, pretty much everyone that does play Bad Company on the Elder Geek staff plays it on PC. So, yeah, give us this for PC so we can play co-op on it. Uh but uh, uh, to give you some details, it's four-player co-op. Uh, it takes place on existing maps that are being, you know, converted, I guess, new houses and stuff like that, buildings. And you have to stop the NPCs from doing s- certain things. So you have a goal to achieve each time, and you have to cooperate to, to reach that goal and constantly fend off, you know, uh, NPCs. Yeah. So there you have it. Yep. It'll be nice. I doubt that um, that Dice is going to snuff PC. Um, they seem to be very excited about catering to the PC audience this time around. So yeah, I mean, the PC audience gets everything everything for free, basically every yeah. update for free. So uh, right. I mean, we we must be kind of important. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But- that's about it. What else, Gavin? What else do we have? Actually, we have a bit of interesting news here. Um, Imagine briefly, if you will, in a Twilight Zone zone sort of way, Facebook without Farmville. And this could actually happen because it's looking like Facebook and Zynga, or Zynga, or however you pronounce that, the studio that makes Farmville in addition to stuff like Mafia Wars, is butting financial heads like everyone seems to be doing these days. Mm -hmm. And a possible conflict or result of this could be Farmville going away completely. And that's pretty significant because it is uh, Facebook's main draw. That's over 83 million players a month. I don't hmm. think anything else can boast that anywhere else. Um, <laughs> do you guys? I don't think you're you um, either of you are necessarily big Facebook gamers, but do you have any idea or any thoughts on what this could mean in terms of general financial things on the internet? I think I think Facebook needs to do what they can to keep Farmville around because I think at the moment most Facebookers are getting a little skittish about sticking around, mostly because of their privacy policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but combine the privacy policies with the loss of you know their number one game, I think you're going to see a lot of people leaving Facebook. Mm. Yeah, um, I do think though that the weak uh, link here or the weakest team is definitely Singa. I think if they uh, you know, part ways with Facebook, they will be nothing. 
I don't think you'll get people going to a separate site site to play uh, Farmwell. Uh, I do think it, it's it's the the the, um, the whole appeal of Farmwell is that it's you know using your Facebook connections mm. and you get to compete with your friends on Facebook. If it weren't for that, then it wouldn't be half as uh, appealing to to the mass audience. Uh, so I think you know if anyone's going to lose on this, it's going to be Farmwell uh, or Singa. Hey, that, he brings up a good point, which I I would then probably whisper in the CEO of MySpace's ear. Get on, if Zynga leaves Facebook, MySpace can pick it back up, and MySpace is now relevant again. Right? But it'd be it'd be interesting to see where it goes from here, and I really don't think either party is willing to leave this very sim, um, semiotic beneficial relationship. But again, that's all we have now. But I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there because <laughs> I have a lot of friends on Facebook, and I just love seeing them squirm. But <laughs> let's go. Let's go back to fun details. Let's go to a game I love and I'm waiting for, and that is Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Booyah, boo, freaking yeah! And more, and even better than having that game engine all released, we got Dante and Deadpool confirmed for the game. Dante, of course, from the Capcom, Deadpool from the Marvel side, and even cooler, we got some details on their fighting styles, and more specifically. Deadpool can take his health bar from the user interface and start beating the other character with it. His actual physical <laughs> health bar, which I'm buying the game now, day one. <laughs> that, that, that's just, you want to know how to get me to buy something? That is exactly it. Um, I'm kind of excited about it. I um, I was not really pleased with the whole art direction that Street Fighter 4 was going in. I wasn't like, man, I'm not going to play it because of it. But I just wasn't. It didn't feel like it fit properly. But this feel like is this feels like it fits. Like, this feels like a perfect mash of the two worlds, and I will definitely be playing that one. I'm just excited to get to play as Dante, really. Uh, I don't really care about Marvel, uh, but Dante just did it for me. So, yeah, I'm probably going to get it. And keep in mind, what we see right now from the magazine scans, this is all coming from a Game Informer story. That's probably on stands now. Um, it looks like his uh, Double May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening skin, which is the younger uh, shirtless one. Which is all right, um, but knowing Capcom, usually there's unlockable skins, so what we see now will probably not be the final version. Might be interesting to unlock Planet Hulk armor, but that's just me. But also we have confirmed Felicia from Darkstalkers and Captain America. So, rock on us. Rock on Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and you all know where I will be whenever that stuff comes out. But stuck in the arcade. <laughs> stuck in the arcade or stuck at home, <laughs> never leaving. Uh, what do you say? Let's move on to Best Buy. Best Buy are always fun, and apparently they're starting their own magazine. Okay. I don't know why anyone would start a new magazine with Electronic Gaming Monthly coming back, so I really don't think that's a smart move. But apparently Best Buy is starting its own gaming-centric magazine called, suspiciously enough, At Gamer, at with the um, A symbol. Right. So very interesting there. We don't have a lot on it right now, but it looks like it's just going to be um, – available in stores and be a general kind of news reviews and previews magazine kind of like game informer at gamestop do you guys have randy, any randy you're a print guy is this the kind of thing that could work within the magazine world instead of you know charging for the magazine they basically give them out in source i think this is actually the only way that it'll work to be honest with you uh, i don't think that this kind of magazine will work on a subscription type basis anymore um i do think that this only the only kind of this is only going to work if they push it at the at the checkout aisle, and they will. It's going to be one yeah. of those things, just like when you go to GameStop, when you when they're like, "Do you want to do you want a Game Informer or a magazine?" Blah 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 blah. That's what they'll do. You know, they'll they'll push it there. Um, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I, I mean, can't I can't help but see that you're buying the new Grand Theft Auto. Well, did you happen to know that the newest Game Informer, you know, has Grand Theft Auto stuff in it? That that's how they're going to be pushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's free, right? Game Informer. No, I, I doubt no, it. No, no, it's it not. It's not. No. No, it is not. It's actually pretty okay. expensive. Mm-hmm. When you get it in in, in GameStop. No. Yes. I mean, I, it, it's I, never I'm free. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure it's free here. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it, it's, it's, oh, it's not. free over there. I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, here it Damn. is not. It is. It is like so you get it. I mean, you have to buy a game or something, but you get it with the game. Uh. Yeah. No, here you've got to buy it. It's it's actually a pretty pricey magazine, and it's mostly advertisements inside. So it's like 50% <laughs> advertisements inside. It's and like it's like Vogue. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also I think not too long ago they they released that or people found that there were no games in there that were ranked below a 70%. Like everything is above a 70% because if it gets good reviews in the magazine or, you know, according to their scale, then somebody's going to go back and buy the game from that store again. So Yeah. Yeah. Not to, uh, yeah, not to mention they believe that 70 is average or um which is uh, they're they're on a sliding scale different from every other magazine. To be honest, like this, though, this is what we're going to expect from every gamer, and this is not to the be first a- magazine that Best Buy has done. Uh, go ahead, months. To be honest, though, on the whole, seventy uh, percent is the average. So is basically any website or or outlet that does a ten point scale. Mm. They yeah. treat it as an average, really. Yeah, that's not right, though. Yeah. No, no, but. This is not the first magazine Best Buy has done. They had a GameStar back in 2004, and that, of course, if you remember, only lasted a few issues. But then again, Best Buy really didn't have its feet in the uh, used games market like it's going to be attempting to in the upcoming months now. Yeah. So all in all, we can just you know sit back and see where this is going. But right now, it's it looks like Best Buy is going to have to pull some serious tricks if it's going to get anywhere near Game Informer, which is not going to happen soon. Right. Any I'm just surprised. Oh, I'm just surprised, you know, even Game Informer exists if it's if it costs money, because <laughs> you know, I just don't see the print world surviving for much longer. We uh, have a lot of moms buying games for kids <laughs> over here, and they're like, oh, well, if little Jimmy or Susie is going to enjoy, you know, this mag this game, then they'll enjoy the magazine about the game as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, moms. Oh, moms. Man, they, they account for far too much of our of our product purchases. We need to we need to stop them. <laughs> yeah. But the mom of the tomorrow is the gamer of today, right? So they're going to be more aware. Hopefully. But anyway, sure. I think we about okay. beat that one into the ground. That's <laughs> I think tough. we did. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got a couple of game releases or game part releases here. We have Hawks 2 confirmed, you'll remember, is the um, High Altitude Warfare Experimental Squadron uh-huh. that you get yay. from um, Tom Clancy. So uh, yay for Ubisoft Bucharest, which we rarely hear from them, but um, that's because this is their only thing so far. But uh, mixed reviews, very high sales, though. So hopefully Honestly, this um, I, aerial fighter series will uh, continue on. Matt, uh, you seem to be the fan of it. That game was underappreciated. I had a lot of fun in co-op with that game. It is. It is. If you if you at all like, you know, uh, flying games, I, I wouldn't even say you have to like flying games generally. It's just a fun game. The mechanics are just fun. It's not really... You know, it's not realistic at all, so that makes it even more fun. Uh, it just, I think uh, people were a little bit hard on that game. Perhaps. I mean, it did receive a lot of mixed reviews. It was kind of in the middle. No one really had a yeah. clear idea of what to say about it. But sounds like, a, you know, if you actually gave it a chance, it seemed good. I never played it. I'm not a big uh, fighter fan, or, or aside from <laughs> 1942. Randy, I, do you have any thoughts on it? 
I know that, uh, well, at least I, I believe that this is the case with this. I know Ubisoft is going to be very conscious of mixing together their, um, their military warfare games together. So I believe the next, um, uh, Ghost Recon game and Hawks and everything like that, I think that they're going to make a more conscientious effort to make them all meld together to tell one large story. They did that with the first one as well. You did missions where you talked to the Ghost Recon guys. Um, that's around. that's right. But I think they're I think they're trying to take that and take it even a step further. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, of course, the second map pack to Modern Warfare 2 is announced. But I'm pretty sure we've heard that everywhere. Just a really quick going over here because <laughs> it's been done to death. Resurgence pack, five maps. Looks to be about 15 bucks as last time, 1,200 Microsoft points, and right now only for 360 PC and PS3 at a later date. So rock on, mm-hmm. keep on keeping on, right? Mm-hmm. Let's go to a more interesting topic though. Let's go to digital rights management. Don't we always love talking about that? Mm-hmm. This time though, it's not Ubisoft. Surprise, surprise, it's Sega. Sega is off- actually offering what many consider to be a rather reasonable DRM package, which these days is about as rare as missing though. Old school Pokemon reference for the win. But um, let's let's go let's walk us through us here let's um, let's go with Alpha Protocol the first game to use the system that's coming out June first which all of us here at Elder Geek will be getting and playing to death of course the PC version of this game uh, like the PC version of Ubisoft titles you, um, uses a internet based license licensing system but it does not require the, you to have an internet connection at all times when playing the game if you install it without being connected to the internet there is a uh, workaround, although we don't know the specifics, that will help you if you don't, if you don't have an internet connection, so you don't have to be constantly online to to access the game and play it, which is nice. You also don't have to have the disc in your drive to play the game, which is also lovely. Oh yeah. But a lot of details, a lot of words I don't understand. But this actually seems to be a rather reasonable take. Uh, you guys look over this. Do you have any thoughts on it? Any this ideas? is this is this exact technique is something Adobe has been doing for years now with their products. Where you have to uh, activate it once uh, through the internet, or you can use a phone service and call in the activation code. Oh, nice! Uh, to get to get uh, to get Adobe products activated, mm-hmm. yeah. and then after after that, you don't have to have the disk in, you don't have to uh, have a connection or anything. So I, I think it's weird that it's only ha- only happening now with games, but I definitely think it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with with iTunes. I mean, iTunes allows itself to be, you know, you can play your music on five different computers. You just have to have those five computers registered. It's it's very similar to that. You can register and unregister computers, and, and I'm hoping that this is how it's going to be working with this upcoming time, with, you know, their upcoming lineup. I think it's reasonable. I, I, I'm fully for that, that type of system. Yep. Me too. And keep in mind that um, there is no limit to the amount of times you can install the game while the game is still functioning on the disc. So that is my main point. I mean, I don't want to only be able to install it three times and then I have to buy another copy. This is unlimited installs, even though there is a limit on the number of computers you can use the software on at any one time. Right. Which, thank you, Sega. Hopefully we're going to see how this works. People are still stingy about it and, of course, reasonably skeptical. But hopefully we'll see it because Alpha Protocol really is the game you need to play on the PC. That's my opinion. You You guys agree? PC? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It probably will be the one to play on your PC. Yeah. But hey, even if you do, if you don't want to deal with it, 18 to 24 months after the game releases, they'll release a patch with no DRM. So just <laughs> just wait two years and you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, wait two years when you can get the game for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> 
delightful. All right, I mentioned it. I mentioned it before, and uh, let's go into it again. Best Buy and Toys R Us are looking to get into used games. This is this, of course, is coming off the heels of Walmart saying they'll do it. Which, of course, as Walmart goes, so goes the industry. But it looks like every outlet that possibly can have used games is getting into it. This is, of course, they're both using the couple stores first to test it out, then extending it nationwide routine. But either way, it looks like you'll be able to pick up that twenty dollar copy of. Double agent anywhere you want. Yeah. You guys, any thoughts? No? I I just think it's kind of unfortunate that this that everybody is going to be starting to sell um, used copies of games when EA and I think Ubisoft is going to be starting this practice as well of um, you know paying for the uh, the right to use the game again. Uh, am I saying that correctly? You know, uh, like the uh, first purchase uh, something something. But I know what you're, I know what you're saying. EA um, EA has the sports pass for its sports titles, where um, even some games you can't connect online unless you want to pay that extra ten dollars if you bought the game used. So um, just, okay, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, I mean there's just all these incentives that are built in that you don't get to access unless you buy that game used or pay that extra ten dollars, which seems to be not a very consumer happy kind of way to go. I think. I think it is though. I think you know if you if you want to buy a used game, you have to you know uh, take a chance that the game won't be as functional as a new game. Uh, you know it's fully within their rights to do that, I, I, and it's fully oh, yeah, within our rights to buy used. Yeah, and it's fully within our rights to buy used games. Uh, but uh, I mean, you win some, you lose some. If they want to do used games, if everyone wants to do used games, then we're going to get more restrictions on what you can do on a used game. Mm. I don't really see a problem. I mean, if if uh, it's not like it's hurting first-time buyers. It's not like you know the guys that go out and buy it on day one are are hurting from this. The only people that, that this hurts is is the actual sellers of used games and the buyers of used games. And you know when you buy a game cheaply, then you know you can't really complain. I mean, although it, it, you bring up an interesting point because if all the sellers are the one that's really getting hurt here, unless of course you're buying the game used for like that four dollars cheaper first day at GameStop for used price. But all, if the yeah. seller is the one getting really hurt here, why do we have all these major retailers willingly going into the used games market now? Because they can still make a book out of it. There's not enough publishers that, that do this kind of stuff with not enough games. There are still The majority of games still have no restrictions on whether it's a new, new copy or a used copy. So, uh, you know, they can still make money of it. I think maybe, you know, when this whole EA and Ubisoft thing com- becomes widespread, they'll probably stop doing used games. Or at least tone it down a bit. Yeah. Sounds reasonable. Sounds reasonable. Randy, do <laughs> <laughs> you have any thoughts? Uh, my, my thoughts are is that, um, you know, right now there's probably like, what, two, maybe three places that, that gamers can go and buy used games. You know, they're just seeing a market that exists right now where people really want to buy games for cheap. People love video game, you know, that people love video games, um, but they just don't love to pay that what is still considered as a pretty expensive price point at $50 and $60. So um, with all these used games floating around and, and no place to sell them, uh, that's why everybody's stepping up, you know. I, I read somewhere that PlayStation 3 games are the ones that get uh, most repurchased because... Blu-ray discs are so resilient that they really get damaged uh, from being used. Really? Yeah, because, oh. you know, uh, uh, 360 games use common DVDs, and they like, don't have yeah. this extra protective layer or something, which protects the Blu-ray disc. 
Yeah. So my my, can... my Fallout Three disc will disagree with you, but <laughs> it is it is the exception. I really have to get a new disc because I haven't finished all of the DLC packs and I'm kind of pissed off because I can only play for like 15 minutes without it slowing down to a crawl. Oh, you need to just get the uh, Game of the Year edition now, man. But I already don't. I already downloaded all the packs. I don't want to buy for more oh. content than I've already bought. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I know I'm screwed, but that's <laughs> that's the way it goes. Yep. But I, I think we're done with this story. You guys, any mm-hmm. final thoughts before nope. we move on? All right, let's let's follow up with the point we made a couple of uh, issues back. The uh, other OS uh, feature on the PS3 it was recently removed with firmware update, if I'm not mistaken, 3.21, which of course limits you um, completely disregards any ability for the user to install another operating system over the one inherent to the PlayStation 3 hardware. Now we all seemed pretty blasé with it. We didn't really care. We weren't really actively using it, um, but apparently some people are. Sony has since been hit with three, count them, three lawsuits on the other OS removal, stating that this was against, or at least not mentioned in their terms of agreement or terms of service when the console was purchased, and said it, um, the plaintiffs say, they allegedly failed to disclose to consumers that it reserved the right to remove advertised built-in features. So three three lawsuits since April 30th, and not only that, this may negatively affect a lot of outside research development that is going on with the PS3 hardware. Yeah. Most most significantly, the Air Force Research Laboratory in Rome has had some serious data crunching going. I mean, they're they're processing teraflops, which, if you don't understand, just listen to the sound of the name, teraflops. <laughs> it's it's some serious stuff, and they have purchased 1,700, 100, 160, uh, 160 gigabyte PlayStation 3 models, and at a bulk price of $663,000 to be able to do this. And since they don't have to be connected to the uh, PlayStation Network to actually function for this research, it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll have to upgrade to get the firmware to then be unable to use it. But if the, those systems ever break down or need maintenance, automatic updates will probably completely disregard the, their ability to do that research and then probably present a problem. So, they're going to lose. Sony will lose this one. And they should lose this one. Really? Yep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They are. Go ahead. I, I, it's not. I'm not like a Linux user. I have no urge to install another OS on there. But they're absolutely right. This is a function that they ad, had advertised as being part of the PlayStation 3, and and uh, and they just pulled it on people. And not only did they pull it on people, but they pulled it completely without warning and without option. You know. Um. So. Yeah. The PlayStation 3 is the uh, linked together. It's the cheapest, most powerful uh, supercomputer uh, super. you can put together. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. It, uh, and that, I mean, just like they purchased purchased uh, seventeen hundred, wasn't it? Seventeen hundred. PS3. Yep. Yep. Of PS3s. That's a yeah. lot of PS3s. So that's basically, Sony's Sony's losing a lot of customers. <laughs> that's not just, and that's not the only place that does that. You know, living no, no, in the PC area. Uh, yeah, there, there are other companies in this area that I live in that I know of that that do that. Oh, yeah. So Not to mention, you know, PlayStation at uh, the PlayStation uh, Life with PlayStation feed that goes out to all, a lot of those research projects are using PS3s. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like Moth said, practically any P, um, K, a college university, university across the world, worth note, probably has some PS3 somewhere doing some data crunching. But it's it is rumored. I, I have nothing to back this up, but it is rumored that the reason why they pulled that that functionality was because uh, it made it easier or uh, it made it harder for people to crack the PS3 
to play modded games. So Oh no no that that is the official believed version is, since Sony has not released an official reason for doing so. So that is the uh, believed version around the um, what's the the, the water, cooler? water cooler. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well that, well that that's really gotta, unfortunate. Really unfortunate. I got to say though good on Sony for going 4 years without uh, anyone being able to crack the PS3. Yeah, uh the 360 is home of the pirates, dude. <laughs> yeah, home of the pirates. More people pirate 360s than PCs now. I'm throwing that out there off out of my ass, but uh, I know plenty of dudes that mod 360s and play them. Yeah, that was that was Rush Limbaugh sized um, ass statistics. There. <laughs> well exactly. done. Well done. I have nothing to prove it, but goddamn it, I'm right. <laughs> okay, well. Either well. way, Sony um, is on some seriously thin ice here. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how they work with these. But like Randy said, they're really in a position to lose here, and they got a lot to lose. Mm. And apparently Randy's drinking something. No, that's not me. That's Moss. I am actually. And I, apparently oh, he's rock yeah. on Moss. Rock on you. But um, let's move on to our <laughs> final topic of the day. Or real quick announcement here before we move on to our final topic or final topics. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep has been dated. Yay, we haven't heard from that game in a while. The PSP-exclusive Kingdom Hearts entry. That is going to be coming out September 7th, and you can buy it either by itself or by the latest in Sony's really, really stupid idea of hardware bundles. There's one for every game that comes out for the system this time. And that will come with a copy of the game, silver PSP 3000, and a UMD movie of some sort. We don't have an actual movie yet. And a 4-gigabyte memory stick. Good for them. Yay. Yep. Moving on. Because... <laughs> Go ahead, Lance. <laughs> I was going to say, because they've given up on PSP Go, basically. Um, it, it why 3,000? Like uh, I don't why not why give up preloaded PSP Go with the game? It just, I think it would yeah, be, I think it makes up, too think. much sense. I think it makes too much sense for Sony marketing at this point. Yeah. Although, technically, at the price point they have right here, if they sell it at a bundle, they're probably going to be at a loss for the system. The PSP 3,000 with a price cut, they're probably able to put it in and bundle it at, at cheaper. So I'm not I'm not exactly. We know sure. what the production they, cost. Of um, I, I know sorry, that. Do they, we know what the production cost? I don't know the exact production cost for the system, but I know that since the PSP goes come out, they have not sold enough units to recoup the initial production cost of them all. Hmm. Okay. At, le- at least at least to the point where they could start bundling them, which is actually kind of not that hard to do necessarily. The PSP Go has not had the greatest shelf life as of yet, but then again, we've all seen it since it's launched. Poor, poor, poor PSP Go. But I think we're done with that. Um, let's move on to uh, the what's his name? Daniel Erickson, a writer for Bioware and a writer on the upcoming Star Wars MMO, uh, The Old Republic, has had some choice words for Final Fantasy 13. Mm-hmm. Specifically, he doesn't think it's an RPG. Interesting. Let's, uh, um, I, I quote him here. Well, before I address the main point of story and gameplay, I just want to take a slightly more controversial route. You can put a J in front of it, but it's not an RPG. You don't make any choices. You don't create a character. You don't live your character. I don't know what those are. Adventure games, maybe. But they're not RPGs. Mm-hmm. Oosh! Ouch! Damn! I, I, agree uh, I agree with him. I Final Fantasy thirteen of all the Final Fantasies, was not an RPG. And we're going to have guys on our boards that are going to be pissed at me for saying that too, but in the end, you don't have a choice in how your character develops. The only real choice you have in your character's life is what weapon and armor that they're wearing, and only the weapon has like a visual difference in the game. But as far as like character development, 
all of their trees, you know, you almost have to have all of your characters completely maxed out in all of their skills to be able to finish the game. So what real choice did you have, you know? Mm. I, I really don't think most JRPGs are RPGs. I mean, yikes. I mean, there used to be that you, you have the the only, you know, the big choice of open world and doing quests when you wanted to. But that does that really make it a role-playing game? Well, I mean, Oblivion, Morrowind, Fallout, and all those guys, that, that's role-playing games. You play a role. Uh, you know, you... you I don't know. I, I mean, if, if JRPGs are a role-playing game, then any game is a role-playing game, because <laughs> then they play a set personality, you know... Well, it wasn't just, always that I way with JRPGs. To... Dragon Warrior was definitely a role-playing game. You know, the original Final Fantasies were definitely role-playing games. And I would I would go as far as to say, like, almost all the way up to, like, Final Fantasy uh, yeah, 9. I, I, and 10. Really? I, I 10? consider okay. 10 to be an RPG. Okay, but I mean, like, well, yeah, even yeah. 11, definitely. Because 11, you, you had a, a, a definitive choice as to how you wanted your characters to develop almost to a fault, where people were like, you know, what the hell's up with this, this, you know, uh, this uh, um, judgment system. Shouldn't it be a, yeah, but shouldn't it be a strategy game, then? Not really, no. No. Because you, basically, all you're controlling is stats. You're not really controlling the fate of the character. You're not um, really, you know, choosing A or B in the storyline. You're, you're, you're just, you know, following the story. I mean, yeah, that, that's it's true, not- but I mean, I, uh, but... That's kind of true for like Western RPGs too. You're not really controlling their fate. No, not yeah. really. You are. I mean, in Fallout, Oblivion, uh, all those games. I mean, Obsidian games as well. You are, you know, you have a choice. You you can choose to, uh, you know, become evil or good. Or if there's more or something, you can choose to go oh, that route so. or that or destroy okay, right. them. I mean, that's that's that that is fulfilling a role. Whereas, okay, let, you know, in in JRPGs, you're just long for pride. Uh, let's be fair here, Moss. <laughs> this is uh, you're going modern RPG here, and Final Fantasy, e- um, even back towards nine, is very archaic in terms of modern RPGs. I mean, open worlds are still relatively new. Open, yeah, one of the newest things, except for things like Fallout. The Fallout's were the outliers; no, it, they were the exceptions. But now, open worlds are compl- are really the newest thing that have come to RPGs now. So, I mean, I think if uh, the worst thing you can say to Final Fantasy XIII, I also believe it's uh, not necessarily an RPG, but it's just behind the times. I really think that, yeah, uh, even the old Final Fantasies, it was more controlling stats and figures and um, costumes and weapons, but through that you, you gain a love for the character through the story. But I think that's what mainly See, how you played the role back then. My my main beef is is that it should have never been called an RPG. It it, it never you know that's not a descriptive name. Uh, and I would just add that in Final Fantasy one and two and three and all that you had open worlds, but I don't really think open world is a necessity for having an RPG. You can have a linear game that that can be an RPG. It just has to be your character. You know, you have to make that character who he is. That's that's an RPG to me. Uh, you know, if if Final Fantasy, uh, you know. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 12, 13, or not 12, but, you know, if they are um, if they are RPGs, then so is every adventure game. Um, I think you're, you're generalizing a little too much, but I, 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 getting back to what the guy was saying, I think all three of us here seem to understand that uh, he makes a very strong point that Final Fantasy XIII is, is not an RPG. Um, you know, so... 
Yeah. I think that was the main point. I think we're going into too much of a tangent. I agree with Moss on most of what he's saying, although I would, um, I think arguing just the, um, the breadth of open world gaming throughout the generations would be an interesting topic to go into at another time. So maybe, right. uh, yeah. maybe we can put that into an article for a future date, but let's, let's leave it at the point like, we all agree, Final Fantasy 13, anything but an RPG. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's move into our final topic uh, let's, of the day. Let's... What, go ahead, Before Max. we move on, let's 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 put a let's put it in a genre. Would we say it's a strategy an adventure game? Then I have no idea. Mark. I would I just not, yeah. I not make the titles. I agree with you on a point you made backwards. I don't think role playing game from the beginning was a good um, was a good genre title because every game you're arguably yeah. playing a role, you're controlling a character. I think I just think when they were making the general genre names, they kind of screwed up when it came to that. Yeah, I would call it, if anything so. an adventure game. Yeah. Hmm. I would say so, yeah. Yep. There you go. And w- with with pretty uh, pretty detailed stat <laughs> management. But yeah. either way, more of an adventure game than a RPG. But let's uh, let's run out let's hmm. return to Call of Duty like we often do here at Elder Speak. <laughs> but apparently we may be going into the future. That's right. Future. Ooh. According to Super Annuation, or Annuation, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce that, they um, they track the domain name registrations of various companies, and they have tracked Activision recently uh, buying out and registering some curiously titled domains, including Call of Duty Future Warfare, Call of Duty Secret Warfare, and Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Now, of course, important caveat here. This does not mean we're going to get a game for every every title here. A lot of companies buy out similarly titled domains than what they already have and then just reroute them to their actual servers. It's just an easy way to keep views coming. But this also goes into a lot also of rumors going around. Uh, what? I was going to say also it's an easy way to make sure that you don't have to uh, pay you know, uh, domain hoggers a lot of money in the future if you do want to do one of those projects in the future. That's true. That's true. Because so, there are people yeah. who... Yeah, there are people who buy out, you know, thousands of different domains that they think might be viable in the future, and then they charge ridiculous sums of money to the people who do yeah. want these domains to, to yeah. you know, give them up. Pretty much uh, domain naming is usually just a cover basis routine here. But in terms of the specificity of these, it goes in, it goes in line with a lot of rumors, especially with Sludgehammer games, of course, veterans of sci-fi games and, like, Dead Space, um, being the next one on the yearly release timetable. It could mean that, you know, going into sci-fi, going into the future is a high possibility for the series. And since it's coming up in 2011, we're probably going to see details, yes or no, coming up pretty soon. So maybe we're going to be playing a Descendant of Soap. Who knows? Randy, you got any thoughts? You, do you want to see Call of Duty sci-fi future awesome warfare? I don't, you know, based on the terminology that they picked out, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be in the future. Having been to uh, more than my fair share of Army trade shows... Um, the the future warfare or the future soldier is what the army sometimes just refers to as their really high end soldier guys, the guys that are equipped with the the highest end gear. So it might not be, it might not actually mean set in the future. It might just mean like super badass special forces, dude. Well, haven't we been playing that mm-hmm. in essence throughout the game uh, without pretty the much. modern warfare? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, yeah, we still. No, so I think you. Go ahead. I think Ubisoft would, would disagree about the terminology on what's a future so- soldier, but uh, I think, you know, it's interesting to note that all of these names have warfare in them, so they're definitely trying to uh, 
you know, because I don't think there's a, a whole lot of uh, drama about uh, around whether they'll be able to keep the modern warfare name after uh, the Infinity Infinity War guys left, because they kind of have rights to that name. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, they're trying to milk the whole uh, basically uh, branding. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? The 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 the, the value of the branding. Well, you know, trying to name everything warfare. I think. <laughs> okay. Do you know sure. what I mean? I mean, do you know? I mean, if if uh, if you know, uh, Bill Joe goes into the store and sees Call of Duty something something warfare, isn't he more likely to pick that up than if it's Call of Duty Five? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Not exactly sure, but yeah, I really uh, don't have any. Any thoughts on this one? Never been a Call of Duty guy. I mean, I've played yeah. Modern Warfare. Not necessarily too impressed. Not a big Michael Bay fan. But that's what <laughs> they are. I mean, hey, hey, hey. They're good at what they do. Did I agree? I just... Yeah. <laughs> My own little boosh right there. Um, any final thoughts, though? This is our final topic for the week, so any oh. any way to round it out? Um... Go play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> I started playing it, and, and uh, it's ridiculously awesome. And that's about it. And that's what I'm going to be doing until I have to stop and play some uh, Prince of Persia for review. Sounds good, man. Awesome. Yeah. Keep on keeping on. Yeah, there you have it. Oh, uh, everybody check out uh, Elliot's Top 10 uh, Western games. It's pretty fun. I actually forgot about a couple of the games that were on there. Like, um, what was that one that was on... Uh, I'm already forgetting them. Um, Sunset Riders. God, that game was awesome. Anyway. Thanks. Anyway, yes, indeed. Yep. Thanks, everybody. See you all <laughs> next week. Later. Later. Yahoo! You're all clear, kid!